0: People always talk about how how there's not enough tournaments and there's not enough money in the sport to to make it like an actual job. And I think a lot of people say that, but then they're not willing to go and play the small tournaments on the weekends when there's not bigger tournaments. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know if this is your job and and it's your full-time job, then you know you shouldn't have you know if, at a normal job, you don't randomly have every other week off. you know what I mean? So
1: right from
0: perspective, like, Obviously I have an absolute blast traveling and playing wherever so that's kind of why I do it but it's also just like this in order to make this more professional like you like you
1: have to have that that consistency to it as well. All right, we're live. While we're waiting on some people, tell me about where you're at right now.
0: Um we are somewhere just east of Dallas, Texas, I think. Um I left left St. Petersburg on uh Let's see, all the days are starting to blend together already. On Monday, I think Monday morning, and got somewhere in the panhandle of Florida by Monday night. Uh, I slept at a rest area in my car. Decided Tuesday night I was going to get a hotel so I could knock out a bunch of other work. so we, we drove as far as we could and this is where we landed. So I think I'm between like Dallas and Tyler, Texas.
1: That's uh, so- probably the most volleyball thing you could have said, sleeping in my car at a rest stop. <laughs> 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 All right, today we're lucky enough to have uh, one of our good buddies, one of our good coaches, um, one of the, what I think is the up and coming big blocker on the AVP tour, uh, Mr. Logan Weber. Um, if you guys have ever come to a camp with us before, uh, there's a very good chance that you've seen Logan. Uh, Logan, how many how many camps have you done with us now? Uh, I think Did... five or six. six or five, five or six, yeah. yeah. And then a couple announcements for me. We have our camp in April, which has actually already sold out. Um, we've got all those spots filled. Um, if you are interested in joining our April camp, we are thinking about expanding because we already have a pretty large wait list. Um, but if you are interested in joining us for April, make sure you email us at support at better dot com or send us a DM or, or something along those lines so that we can get you added to that list. So if we decide to expand, you're one of the first people to hop on that train. And Logan will be joining us again in April. So uh, oh, yeah. that'll be that'll be a little surprise for you get to know them a little bit more in person other than that uh, a couple other announcements we have are our we are, we are now offering weekend clinics um, Logan might be joining us for some of those all after, but we're already going to San Francisco at the end of January. We have a couple of other spots like Salt Lake City, I think Westchester, New York, Ozarks, where we have already booked up weekends. So if are interested in come out to your location, no matter where it is, send us an email and we can get lists. We're trying to fill up as many weekends as we can leading up to season. We also get, we're having a lot of people asking us because the only camp that we have advertised right now is for our camp in April. We are hoping that we will be able to open up more camps, but we're waiting on the AVP schedule. I think just like every other athlete, it's starting to get a little uh, interesting. Um, I think we're all just looking forward to what the season has. and. Um, the sooner that that schedule comes out, the sooner that all of us will be able to prepare for our summers. So, Logan, I'll go ahead and start and introduce you. I think I met you four years yeah, ago, maybe? Yeah, we, uh, we pretty much um, made the
0: exact same timing of the, our, our moves
1: out to California, I think. Yeah, we might have got both gotten into California. I know I got there in 2018, October, um, and I yep. think you were either just behind me or just before me, and you're actually living with Mark at the time, mm-hmm. which was really cool. So. Uh, obviously, that was my first connection when I moved out here. So kind of having you out there already was pretty cool. And one one thing that I I really enjoy about you is, and I, it's kind of funny, I think this about you and Andy. I, I, I think of you and Andy as very, very similar people, not only because you're big up and coming blockers, but you also both have this quality about you where it doesn't feel like you kind of discriminate on players by any means Um, i know when i first moved out to california i it was hard for me to find practices and you were one of those people that every single time i texted you or every single time that we needed somebody if you weren't already playing you said yes every single time and so from me to you a little thanks has to go there because you you made my transition to california especially with finding practices a lot easier yeah and then since then, you've been playing pretty much every single day you can. Um, and then this last season, you absolutely crushed it with Evan, winning I think four AVP Next Golds, giving you some automatic berths into some AVP events, uh, which I'll I'll definitely let you dive a little bit deeper into in the future uh, on this conversation. But you know, the first thing I, I kind of just want to let you introduce yourself and where you came from, where you started, because. I think a lot of people who listen to us or follow us are where we were maybe when we were in our early 20s where we might have been doing very well in our own little pond that we lived in but we were kind of wondering if we had the ability to take that step out of it and kind of jump into bigger water. So uh, Logan, you want to introduce yourself and kind of let us know where you're from and and what that journey looked like? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, So my I guess my beach volleyball journey, if you can call it that, uh, began actually with my sister. So I have a sister who's about two years older than me. She, uh, she started playing volleyball when she was in probably, know, seventh grade or something like that. And I'm from from Grand Rapids, Michigan originally. And in Michigan, we have absolutely no boys volleyball at all. Um, at least at the time we don't, it's it's slowly starting to grow. It's actually, a, I think technically a high school sport now, which is cool for me to see um, and kind of like be jealous of all of these guys who get to actually play volleyball in Michigan in high school that's pretty sweet but uh, yeah I just kind of started I guess learning the game watching uh, watching my sister play play indoor and being dragged all over the Midwest to go to her club tournaments and um, which I absolutely hated at the time but uh, I think I think that's kind of where I where I first started or got introduced to volleyball at least from there I think I was maybe a sophomore in high school and uh, her and I played a couple of uh, juniors like co-ed just like little five or six team tournaments, um, on the West coast of Michigan. And yeah, just never really stopped after that. I, I mean, those were just tiny little juniors, juniors tournaments. And we'd get beat by the same two guys every single weekend because everybody played in the same tournaments up there. The next year I ended up, uh, I ended up playing with one of those guys instead. And then we would go from juniors to, to B at the same tournaments and then men's B to men's a at the same tournaments. And then finally men's, uh, double a or triple a just kind of whatever the highest level is because that's about the highest level that there typically is in michigan and yeah i just uh after that i was hooked i mean i never every single day i would just wake up and want to play play volleyball so i uh i played two years of uh indoor club or carpe diem volleyball which is one of the only club teams in the whole state so we would drive down to chicago and ohio to play our tournaments and uh, i put a little like ninety second highlight reel together that now go so back and watch it. It's absolutely hilarious! Like, wow, I can't believe I somehow got, got at this ninety seconds. I did somehow. Um, I ended up visiting Cincinnati Christian University um, down in Southern Ohio, and Coach took me in after like a little hour long. Uh, I guess you could call it a tryout, and offered me a scholarship right there. And I still remember, me and my mom were just shocked. We were like, Are you really offered me like a scholarship to play volleyball? We were amazed. So it was, uh, I committed right there. I played four years at CCU. We had an extremely small team, but we were uh, a super close team. So it was, it was an awesome four years. It was also a cool experience because uh, it was such a, I guess, relaxed environment compared to most like Division One indoor schools that. I was actually able to practice in the sand like two or three days a week in the middle of the in- indoor season.
1: Um, awesome. Did you be- have a couple did you have a couple teammates that would do that with you?
0: Uh, occasionally they would come. Nobody that was quite as as into okay. it as as I was as you could expect and also to the to the chagrin of most of my indoor coaches who didn't necessarily like the fact that I was showing up post sand practice to our indoor practices, but <laughs> Just kind of, just kind of came with the deal at that point. So yeah, I was able to do that the whole time. I was introduced to the the Cincinnati Beach Volleyball community during that time, which has been some of the uh, the most influential people, not only in volleyball but also my entire life. Um, and I, I think that was when I I really fell in love with the the whole community aspect of our sport and the ability of our sport has to really like bring a group of people who never would have met each other before um and bring that group together and give them something to bond over and then you know from there those relationships are able to grow
1: that's awesome um, yeah i think uh, the community aspect of everything uh, that, that's almost in every single volleyball player's story you know they it starts with a passion and then you're introduced to the community and then it's just game over from there you like can't get out of it real quick kind of going back to your college days what 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 position did you play
0: um i was actually a setter slash right side so i was set in a six two my first two years and i was um an outside my last two years
1: Okay, that that explains the whole uh, your ball control because it. Yeah, I was never. Yeah, I'm assuming like whenever (laughs) somebody sees your height. If if you guys don't know, Logan is what are you six six eight, bordering six nine maybe. So normally in high school or college, even if you're that tall, you're especially when you were coming up. Normally you're getting stuck in the middle. But like seeing your hands and how you can pass and stuff like that, I was like, I'm not here in middle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it was pretty comical in, uh, so on my, my indoor club team, we basically had three guys that had ever like picked up a volleyball before. And then we had four or five guys that their parents just kind of signed them up for it because their older sister or younger sister played. So our, our best three setters were also our best three hitters who were also our best three passers. So (laughs) we ended up running a three setter rotation, which I've never seen before. And I had never seen since. I don't think but I've heard of that. Uh, yeah, we just kind of did everything. We would whoever was either back right or middle right would set, and then the ne- and then we would rotate, and the next person would get to back right or middle right. So <laughs> it was That's uh, phenomenal. It was an interesting dynamic in club, but yeah, it definitely made me do everything. So I'm, I'm happy for that.
1: That's awesome. So, uh, at what point did you? So you you said you were in Cincinnati, and so was that when you met like? john drake and chris lures and those guys or was it a little bit later nope that was it so i um okay.
0: i still remember the first time i ever went to play at grand sands and i was playing like tuesday pickup and this was in like chris and john's heyday when they were they would like win every tournament in the midwest and they would qualify a couple times and i was like in awe of playing John and Chris. And it was it's awesome because Chris Chris kind of sets up and runs kind of like a twice a week training group with just whoever the top players that want to come. So that was, those sessions were really where I feel like I, I was able to practice certain skills over just like showing up and playing pickup or playing tournaments because he was very, uh, he was very into making sure that we, we actually got through an hour and a half of drills before just getting into side out stuff, which think something in a lot of beach volleyball communities that that kind of discipline to be able to just show up with six guys and run drills is is something that a lot of places are missing so I'm really
1: grateful for that as well yeah that's uh when I hear those two names I've had the pleasure of getting to know I met Chris first when I was playing on the NBL and without even meeting him he allowed me and uh, my partner Skylar McCoy who I was playing with that season to just come stay at his house for like a week. And then when we ran the camps this past, I've known John, For a little bit but I haven't really ever gotten a chance to know him know him and getting to know him this past year when we were in Grand Sands running the camp for better beach which you were at it doesn't surprise me that you fell in love because if you are in the Cincinnati area if you are in Ohio and willing to drive those two guys are doing amazing things for that area and they will definitely do everything they can to kind of help you get set up in the sport so you're definitely lucky so when did you decide that it was time to to move. Because I think I'm originally from a small town called Chester, Virginia. You, know, you were raised in Michigan and then moved to Ohio, which in case you don't know, are not huge beach communities <laughs> by any means. <laughs> but luckily we both found it. And then we obviously had the same kind of journey at the same time. But when and why did you decide to make the jump out to California? So I knew pretty early that I Wanted to move out and try to play. So, I
0: would say my freshman year of college, I started as a, I believe, a sports management major or something like that. And about halfway through my first semester, I was looking into just like job prospects and stuff like that, and realized that there's not a lot of remote jobs in the sports management field, if any. And I was taking an an intro to accounting class, and I was like one of a hundred students that actually like enjoyed the accounting process which sounds really strange but (laughs) i was talking with my professor and he was talking about how many remote and part-time jobs there are in accounting and so i ended up switching after my first semester to majoring in accounting strictly because i knew that i wanted to go play and have the freedom to be able to play and practice whenever I wanted to. So I would say it was kind of at that point where I was like, okay, I want to set myself up and put myself in the best situation that I'm able to, after I graduate college. So it was pretty much throughout my whole college career that I knew that this was kind of the path that I wanted to take.
1: That's awesome. And I think a lot of people miss the boat on that. You know, I, it's really hard. I, I. By no means do I want this to come off as being a knock at beach volleyball players, but a lot of us, just because of the funding of the sport, live paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. And I think that it is important for people to hear about your, your kind of story and the fact that you planned for this while you're in college, you know, I, I think that that's one of the things that I, has really stood out with me about you is that you've found a way to have a job that isn't in the beach volleyball world, allowing you to still chase that dream. You know, for me, it was teaching kind of made sense for me. It, it allowed me to teach during the summers or sorry, teach during the school year. And then I was. I was free during the summers to go play in all my tournaments and everything like that. And it kind of worked. But even when I moved out to California, it, it got to be a little tough for me because I was now living paycheck to paycheck. I was coaching as many hours as I could. I was tutoring. I was doing all these things. But, you know, especially for people that are moving out to California it, or moving anywhere for that matter, the beach volleyball scene is is growing so fast that. It doesn't really matter where you put yourself now as long as you're around a good community and you have good practice partners, coaches and stuff like that available to you, then uh, you can do it. But I think the preparation beforehand as far as a career or or some way to make some money so that you're not completely stressing out about volleyball, um, I, th- I think that that can go a long way. Yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's pretty comical once I get into kind of the actual how I ended up moving there is, is gonna <laughs> put that a little bit on its head. But okay. it, I it's not the way that I, in the long term, it worked out the way that I thought I did. It, right. So I, um, my, my senior year, I had this internship lined up um, out here in Southern California and I'd had it lined up since maybe May of uh, 2018. So I was supposed to move out at the start, I was supposed to move to Hermosa at the start of October and about a month before i was supposed to move out the the company like reformed itself and got bought out and i ended up not having my internship that i thought i was going to have for the last like a month before i was supposed to move out so then i was stuck. i was stuck at like the end of september or the, the beginning of september and i didn't have a place to stay and i didn't have a job and i didn't even have a car actually to get myself out there so at that point, I told myself, I, I think my date was October 1st. I told myself on October 1st, I'm i I'm leaving no matter what, even if I don't have anything set up and I'm just I'm going to go and I'm going to figure it out. And a couple weeks later, I bought a car from a buddy of mine for like a thousand dollars and it had oh five camry with on it.
1: i think i saw that car sitting out in front of mark's for yeah, like seven months,
0: months for, for a while but uh yep i i got rid of it now so mark can stop bugging me about the car and then uh, a couple of weeks later i uh, i saw a posting on facebook that mark had a room available at his place so i messaged him. I'd never met Mark before that. So I messaged him just knowing him as the volleyball player that he was and got that figured out. And then on my drive out there, I got a call back on just like a random job application that I'd sent in, um, for a company out here. So everything kind of came together within the last week and I was on my
1: way. <laughs> well, there you go, man. I'm glad you made it out. All right. I don't, I want to keep moving along cause I feel like we could talk for two hours on here if, if I let you, but, <laughs> True. um, Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into this last year. You know, I, I think when I first saw you playing, I was obviously your height and your ball control is something that first stood out. I remember you played one season where you, you qualified with, I think it was Christian. Yeah. Um, Christian
0: and I qualified and then um,
1: qualified that same year with uh,
0: David Ryan Vandermeer and right. uh, a couple times with Ben Vaught as well.
1: Cool. and. And so, was that that was your first year qualifying, right? Or had you qualified prior to that?
0: Nope, that was the first year. Um, David Ryan and I had qualified for the that Huntington FIVV four-star event. That's right. Um, we had that experience, but in terms of BVPs, um, I had never qualified before the start of uh, twenty nineteen.
1: That's still pretty impressive that you um, you were able to qualify four times and happened to be so you qualified two times with dr once with christian and then one uh, twice with ben vaught or was that what it was
0: um ben and i ben and i were automatically into the main draw in manhattan that year actually so we didn't qualify but we played in manhattan and then we qualified the next tournament in chicago
1: gotcha that's that's amazing and then and then the pandemic hit right <laughs> mm-hmm. So you were kind, probably a little, a little mm-hmm. like, oh man, like all this is kind of going away. But then you ended up teaming up with Evan Corey, who is another youngster that, if you haven't heard that name before, I'm sure he'll be on a podcast in the future. But he is a phenomenal player, and it seemed like you guys kind of just hit it off right away, and not only played really good volleyball, but but became like pretty good buddies along the way as well. Kind of let us know how you guys got introduced.
0: Yeah, so we um. Evan and I both, we always make the joke that if you take like AVP America points, like the cumulative amount of points, and you take those from 2020, which was kind of the season that didn't happen for most people, we would have like 5,000 more points than anybody because him and I, every single weekend, him and I would go and play any tournament that we could, like, break even at, basically, in 2020. Because that was his first season out of college, and obviously not having an AVP was, you know, a bummer for him. But we uh, we played against each couple tournaments at Grand Sands. He beat me once with, uh, I think he's playing with Steven Roschitz and then another time with J.D. Hamilton. And obviously, like, I knew, like, he was extremely good at that point and then i think the first time we ever really talked um tim brewster and i went and played a tournament in new orleans uh just like uh, this random tournament in the fall and stayed with evan and met his family and stuff and we uh yeah we decided to play a first tournament we played was in cleveland um up at sandbox um we won that and then played those couple of tournaments down in clearwater over the ones and yeah just never really never really stopped after
1: that. That's pretty cool. The The thing that stood out to me there, which is something that I've picked up on you from the second that I met you, is that you got, you played every single tournament that you could, which is very difficult to do, uh, not only from a monetary standpoint, because of all the travel and all the eating, and I'm sure you guys probably found places to stay because you guys know everybody. But I, I think that that's, that's something that uh, especially as you get older it's hard to do you know i know for me this idea of playing every single tournament that i can just seems exhausting but it's also something that you have to do in order to see yourself get better so that's that's actually one of my goals this year is to play in as many tournaments as i can obviously i'm i'm 33 now i'm not <laughs> i'm not the the young buck that i that i once was but my body feels almost younger than it ever has. But I think that a lot of people can hear that and can learn from it. And it's just play, play as much as you can. So it, it was really cool to see you guys doing that. And then it was even cooler to see the success come afterwards too.
0: Yeah, I think one, just one quick point as well to to wrap that up is like, people always talk about how how there's not enough tournaments and there's not enough money in the sport to to make it like an actual job and i think a lot of people say that but then they're not willing to go and play the small tournaments on the weekend when there's not bigger tournaments Mm -hmm. so it's like you know if this is your job and and it's your full-time job then you know you shouldn't have you know at a normal job you don't randomly have every other week off you know what i mean so right from perspective like Obviously, I have an absolute blast traveling and playing wherever, so that's kind of why I do it. But it's also just like this: in order to make this more professional, like you, like you have to have that that consistency to it as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and especially, you know, and I, I've kind of realized <clears throat> since I moved out to California, uh, if you're not in California and you're the the money in California, like CBVAs and stuff like that, isn't isn't very good. Um, But, like, where we grew up, where, like, Ohio's, Virginia, uh, even Florida's, like, all of those tournaments are actually pretty decent payouts on a pretty normal occasion. You know, I know in Virginia Beach, every single tournament that they run at TVA, which is where I played, um, was 100% payout for open, Mm
0: -hmm. which,
1: you know, it it might not be advertised too well. And sometimes you're not getting as many teams, but if you're getting 10 teams signed up for that tournament— that, and you win it, then there's a good chance that you and your partner are splitting probably 400 500 maybe even $600, depending on what the entry fee is. And if you keep doing that, then you're, you're definitely setting yourselves up. Like, I know I had a buddy at one point who now lives down in San Diego, but he used to work for TVA. And there was one summer where I literally played every single tournament I could, and he had to write my checks. And at the end of the summer, he was kind of joking with me, and he was like, dude he's like you made more than me this summer (laughs) um and he worked for them so it's uh i i I do agree with you you know it's uh especially wherever you are if you can and you can't complain about how much it costs to travel and stuff like that if you're not putting yourself into those positions because those little weekend tournaments if you're able to win them could pay for your flight it yeah. could pay for your hotel when you're going to play in the Manhattan AVP. So, yeah, it's a it's definitely something to kind of think about, which I'm glad you brought that up because we do we do talk about the the lack of money a lot, but there there are ways to combat it, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, let's keep it going. So, now, you you had what did you think about your last season on the AVP because I mean, you and Evan obviously found that success on AVP Next golds, and then you got your first like true taste of main draw events. Um, were you happy? Were Were you hoping for more? What,
0: well, it what was a. Uh, think it, it was kind of an interesting, uh, somewhat interesting roller coaster? Because going into the the first um, gold series A V P next event, which was New Orleans um, in June, Evan and I hadn't really done anything that spectacular in um, like the two weekends before that, we played a pretty decent tournament in San Antonio. And I think we've got a, maybe a third or a fifth. And going into New Orleans, I think we both maybe just thought that it wasn't really meant to be and that we, we just were just more a team that couldn't quite get over the the hump. Going into it, we didn't really have any expectations. And I think that's what made that tournament itself so special is that we really had no expectations going into it. And then to be able to to come away with that win, especially in New Orleans, was was pretty amazing. And then I mean, after that, you know, just every time we would win one, we were to just looked at each other and be like, did we really just do this again? Like, I'm not sure how we just doing this. But uh, Wapaco was awesome for me because that's been a tournament that I've gone to for a lot of years, just being a kind of like the premier Midwest tournament. So to be able to win that and uh, and play play Tim and Brian Baumgren in the finals was pretty. Uh, Pretty special moment for me. And then Seaside was an absolute roller coaster because we got in the Atlanta qualifier on Thursday and Seaside started on Friday. So uh, to make a long story short, Evan was still in Phoenix, Arizona at 7 a.m. on Friday when we had a noon game in Seaside. But yeah, we somehow ended up pulling it off. I I think the, the coolest thing about all those AVP Next Gold Series events is just like the the semis and the finals are such big like events, and it, it all the people there are are there because like they've been to this tournament for you know year after year after year, and they're so knowledgeable about their volleyball that it makes those finals like so much fun. I think that the seaside final is one of the most entertaining, like just awesome experiences that I've been part
1: of. Yeah, I I actually didn't the only main or the only avp i played in this year was manhattan and but i was able to go to seaside and wapaka for the my first time at both of those tournaments and i'm telling you these these avp next gold events or these big tournaments that have been running for years decades even are amazing like when you talk about the volleyball community and falling in love with it. Those are the tournaments that will make you do it. You know, last year I, I was lucky, you know, I played Potsdown, which is the, one of the biggest grass tournaments you can play. I played Wapaka, which is might be, I think it is known as the biggest outdoor tournament in the US. Um, and then Seaside is just unreal. It's in this beautiful beach uh, in Oregon where you have these coasts that make you feel like you're in Jurassic Park (laughs) and then they build up the sand berms like the big stadium with the sand Uh, it it was a pretty cool experience to be there and um, it was cool it was really cool to watch you guys win it too I you know I I'm not gonna lie I was happy to see it at like as the tournament went on but when I saw you and Evan walk onto the strand for or onto the sand that first thing in the morning I was a little (laughs) mad I was like dang it they actually made it it. (laughs) You know, part of me was hoping that it'd be one more team that didn't show up so that I, I selfish, selfishly might be able to take this thing down. Um, that's cool. But uh, Logan, real quick, I know it's already 1134. We've been kind of cruising through. But what does uh, what does the future look like for you? What are, what are some goals that you have for the upcoming season or maybe for you down the road?
0: Um, yeah, well, this uh, this upcoming season, um, I'll be playing all of the AVPs with John Hyden. Um So you're everybody watching. You're somewhat the first to know that. Um, there you so go. That's pretty, pretty exciting for me to uh, to be able to play with somebody who's has that much experience, and hopefully, it'll just take that. Obviously, we we won't have to be. Hopefully, I'm not sure what the main draws will look like. I guess, but. Um, if they're anything like they have been, we shouldn't be in the qualifiers um, to start the season, so it'll be awesome to just kind of have a different mindset, I think, going into the main draws, because a lot of times when you come through the qualifier or come from like a wild card bid, it's it's easy to to get in there and then just be like, okay, well, hopefully we can win a match, and now we kind of have to evolve that mindset into like I want i'm here to win this tournament not just get in the main draw and maybe win a match so um yeah it'd be it'd be awesome to, to learn from him i'm hoping to play in as many uh fivb events as i can john does not want to play any fivb events which I kind of considered that going in but uh yeah I'm, I'm looking to just build up those fivb points um so that way in uh in when 2023 comes which seems like a long way out but uh I can put myself in the best possible position to grab the best partner and, uh, try to make more of a, a full-time run on the FIVB. So I, I like the, it. And uh, then
1: I, I guess along with that, your I guess a, a main goal would probably be Olympics if everything works out.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've seen, uh, we've seen, especially obviously in the last couple of years, like how, how quickly people can go from having, you know, no FIVB points to being, you know, one of the best teams in the world. I'm. I think it's really funny. In two thousand eighteen, they had that uh, Huntington event. They, it was like an FIVB AVP collaboration thing, and Casey Losick and Garrett West. No, not Garrett Westberg, Garrett uh, Wilson. They ended up qualifying, and we were eating dinner with them before. And they're like, "Yeah, we play some young guys from Norway. We don't really know who they are." <laughs> years later they've won 15 you know those guys from Norway and 15 FIVB tournaments so yeah I would I'd love to I'd love to get to the point where I'm able to to play play on that top level
1: FIVB Do you um this is a little off topic from you but do you know what the the current FIVB point system is now i know they got rid of the star system so i'm not i'm not 100 sure how these work now
0: yeah so basically there's there's three different tiers now there's i forget the i think there's an elite a challenger and a futures so elite it's 16 teams no qualifier just the top 16 teams based on points challenger then i think is the next 32 teams which are kind of like your three star level tournaments and then Futures is, I guess, everyone else, but they haven't really announced how that's going to work yet. So okay. there's a lot, a lot still up in the air.
1: Cool. And so, assuming, because you you played one FIVB, FIVB last year, right? Yep. Um, and then, so you at least have some points moving in, and it's crazy. Like from from what I've heard in the past is it's crazy how just some points can be right. super valuable yeah. so it's good that you got a head start that's uh that's amazing i know uh it's already eleven thirty-eight. i think uh, some people have been leaving a couple of questions so all right one of the first ones that i saw is from one of our most consistent listeners uh, his name's Mark and it says, at this stage in your career, what three things are you wanting to improve in your skill set?
0: I think uh, just just overall consistency, I think is my my biggest key right now. I don't think there's any like overall glaring part of my game that I think I couldn't dramatically improve. I think it's just getting to the point where I'm having my best day more than I am right now. Because um, I think on my best day, I think I'm right up there and it can play with just about everybody. It's just making sure that that those good days are happening at a higher percentage than they are right now.
1: Do you have anything that you've done that you've found has helped you have those good days more than not? Um, I something? think the biggest thing,
0: something we already talked about is just playing volleyball as much as you possibly can, because you learn then like kind of how to get out of those ruts faster. And like what can be like, you're okay, I'm not having a good day, here's my absolute go-to like here's my go-to swing this is my one big focus when i'm setting and this is my one big focus when i'm passing And just trying to have like one like big thing to fall back on all the time and not trying to be like you know i'm not signing out i need to do something that i've never done before to try to side out um it's just finding that one thing that you do best and then if the other team's able to beat you and take away what you do best then you know so be it move on to
1: the next game. That's a, that's a good point. I like that. And, you know, I, I think, Mark, to kind of go in a little bit more than that is at the level that Logan and I'm, and myself are playing at, It's we're always working on the same skill sets that beginners are working on. You know, yeah. our, our preseason that is happening right now, uh, it's a lot of pass set and then drills that are helping us get better at those specific skill sets very rarely will you see people who are training right now just go out and play uh I, I think i think a lot of people especially in california you see it sometimes but it's more just to keep the fun in the game you know training every single day and just training can get a little monotonous at times so sometimes if we do go out we'll we'll just set up matches we're just playing today um and maybe it's in a king of the court or a king of the beach format where you kind of flop partners and it just meant to get out there and have fun. But I would say for the most part, we're all still working on those skill sets quite a bit. All right, James Hart- Hartney, are you planning on returning to West Michigan over the summer?
0: Yes. Uh, not full-time, obviously, but I'm actually going to be working a lot this uh, this upcoming season with uh, West Michigan um, and with uh, Stephen Vanderwerf and Pete Goers. Um, they do an awesome job running tournaments up there. Um, so I'm gonna come back, help them with some of their, their clinics, um, get back and play some of their tournaments as well. Um, any, any big stuff there's hopefully, hopefully will be a couple bigger tournaments that I can get up there too. Um, and I also have a little two month old nephew that I need to get back to sometime this summer. So I will, I will be, back, be back there as much as I possibly can.
1: Congrats on that too. I, that was pretty recent, right? A couple weeks old. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Happy for you. Um, this is uh, Pam Brandt. Uh, mm-hmm. She said, I'd love to include you, Logan Weber, in my Who's Who in, in Volleyball digital magazine that will be coming out monthly soon. So seems like a cool opportunity for you to talk with her. So Pam, if you don't already follow Logan on Instagram, uh, make sure you give him a follow. Pam, I would suggest reaching out to him on Instagram if you want to set up an interview or something. All right, let's see if we can find one more question
0: for you. Um, I see this uh, volleyball videos question about Phil down here.
1: Okay. Is Phil Dahl's favorite favorite up-and-coming player, Logan Weber? I've heard Phil ask about Logan several times. What kind of relationship do these studs have? I mean, I I know that you've gotten a chance to play with them, and I'm extreme – or practice against him, and I'm envious. So I think that's yeah. a pretty cool well- story for everybody to hear
0: so i spent about four four or five months living in uh, the st petersburg florida area this past well in 2021 um and i was fortunate enough to get um lumped in through kind of a a mutual friend into phil's training group over in orlando so uh myself and whoever else whatever defender i could grab it was typically uh Typically, Caleb Queckel would drive over to Orlando, probably three or four days a week, and train just with Phil, Nick, and their coach uh, Jason Lockheed, who was their coach at the time. And it was one of the most spectacular experiences I've ever had. Um, I had never really met Phil or Nick before that, and they're just, and their coach Jason as well, like just some really incredible people um extremely welcoming and extremely grateful like they would they would always thank us when we were leaving for like driving the hour and a half to train with them and caleb and i would look at each other and be like why are you guys thanking us like we would we would drive over we would drive five hours to come here but it was an <laughs> awesome experience it was cool to kind of uh to kind of get to know them in in such a a personal way as well as getting like being able to train against guys like that on a consistent basis i think Definitely helped Caleb and I both improve our game a ton. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty special. Those two guys
1: are awesome, and I uh, I'm huge huge fans of them. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> I've gotten to hang out with both of them a little bit off the court. I I when I was living in Virginia, I used to go down to Adam Roberts' house, and yes. um, those guys would be training down there every now and then. Um, and then it's c- kind of funny. Last summer, when Adam Adam texts me and he was like, "Hey, are you free to?" train tomorrow and I was like yeah uh, for sure I can what time and he was like oh it's gonna be 10 o'clock at the pier he's like it's gonna be me and you and then uh, two buddies from the East Coast there he was like they're they're a little bit older but they can they can still hang and he didn't tell me who it was. And then I show up to the beach and it's Nick and Phil. Did, and, uh, that, that that,
0: like right before Manhattan last year as well. Yeah. Was like, yeah, I got this, this old buddy coming from out east who just might jump in and train with us a little bit. And it was,
1: it was Nick and <laughs> was when he played with TJ. So it was Nick and TJ. It was, it was yeah. Funny. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, Logan, man, I, uh, I appreciate you hopping on here. I'd it's about time to wrap things up. I loved here. I think it's the first time I've heard of a couple of the stories that you told. So I appreciate you sharing. And if once again, if you guys don't already follow Logan, I suggest it. I do think that you have a very bright future ahead of you. It's been cool to kind of get here right around the same time as you and meet you as a person and see the success you've already had. And I I look forward to seeing what you can do on the court this year. Yeah,
0: no, thank you, man. It's been, it's been cool for me as well. Like being so close with you and uh, you and Mark, see what you guys have been able to do with, with Better Beach and the, the community that you guys have been able to grow. So it's been it's been awesome
1: to watch. Thanks, man. I'm happy you're a part of it, too. So once again, if you guys want to get coached by Logan, uh, if you want to hang out with him, I promise you he, despite his calm demeanor here, he's uh, opening up at our camps and having <laughs> a lot of fun. So it's definitely worth getting to know him. But yeah, Logan, I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, if you want to go ahead and hop off, you're more than welcome. Uh, and everybody else, I'll stick around and answer a few more questions if you guys have anything. I appreciate you, buddy. Absolutely, thanks guys. All right, I'll see you soon. All right, well, that was pretty cool. Kind of funny, Logan and I are actually gonna be roommates here soon, so I'll get to know him a little bit better. But I will go through, I think I saw a couple, you know, um, uh, what skill set do you wish you focused on first as a high school student? You know, especially when we're talking about young, athletes that are learning how to play the sport. I truly do think it's important to focus on ball control first. If you're, if you're talking about females, then this ball control is completely necessary because definitely a more ball control driven game. Um, And if you're talking about males, I think we rely too much on athleticism at a young age. I know for me specifically, when I was playing in high school, I was able to bully people just because I was six five in high school and knew a little bit about the sport. but when I got to college it was a huge headache my first semester. Uh, to be honest, I barely made the team even though I was recruited and a lot of that had to do with the fact that I just didn't have the techniques that I needed in order to succeed at the next level and those techniques mainly came from my passing and my ball control. So I think, uh, Don't be scared to spend a ridiculous amount of time on ball control. I know when I was coaching my middle school girls team, which I only saw them for about nine weeks, and they were already pretty good when I got them, I focused a lot on the ball control aspect of the game because I knew they were going to grow. I knew they were going to get bigger, and when they got bigger, they were going to be able to be stronger with their attacking. But if they didn't have this idea of accuracy first, whether it was passing, setting, or hitting, serving, then they weren't going to know how to control their power. So I think starting with accuracy goals and everything is definitely a good place to start. And then, Pam, is it important for younger players to play more than one sport? This is a tough a tough conversation, but I think yes. I, I, think, I think mainly for the burnout. I, I see a lot of these kids that start playing volleyball at 11 or even younger six because their parents played and my only worry about that is that once they get to a point where the level of their play actually matters their heart might not be in it anymore so i think i know when i grew up i spent my young years swimming and playing soccer which I think helped me a lot with my endurance, my foot movement or whatever you would call it, my balance by speed. Then I went on to play football, which kind of helped me with my (laughs) eye sequence. I was a quarterback. And then I also realized that I did not like getting hit very much. Um, And then by the time I got to volleyball, it was this new sport that just really blew my mind. Um, So I didn't start playing until I was a sophomore in high school. And and now I'm 33 years old and I still love this thing more than I probably should. So I, I think it is important to I think it's just important to let, let kids do what they want. You know, don't force them to say in one sport. If they want to try soccer, let them try soccer. And then their true passion will come out in the end. Okay. Not really seeing any more questions. I'll I'll let anybody if you have one more last question that you want to pop in here, then you can. Um, the last thing Pam said was, no matter what level you play at improving the basics, building blocks is a great place to focus. Yeah, I, I've been having this conversation a lot recently with people who are trying to get better. and. Unfortunately, as especially if you're an adult, if you're an adult, then you you have these built in ideas of how you operate as a person. That's mainly mechanically. Right. So we 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 start to bring our own touch into the game more than technique and volleyball is such a technique heavy sport. that you, you kind of have to put your ego aside and learn how to be more technical. I, I look at a lot of players and if I see that they are struggling in a sense of passing, setting, attacking, most of the time it comes down to the fact that they don't have proper technique. We see people like, Adrian Karambula and a lot of Florida players, actually, who have they work on their touch so much that be, they become a lot. They become very touch dependent and it could put off some some bad technique styles. So if you are a person that's learning, look at our videos, look, get coaches to look at your technique and become the best technical player you can, because in my opinion, it should be about 80 percent technique, 20 percent touch. But especially with adults, we start seeing that number switch a little bit. And if you're working on like 50% technique and 50% touch, then that's where when you get tired, that 50% touch is going to start to fail you. But technique won't. So uh, I think whenever you're whenever you're training, get help, concentrate on your technique, perfect that first, and then you can figure out your own individual style of play. All right. I think that is all we have time for. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that conversation with Logan. I have to say hats off to him. He is a phenomenal human being, a very, very good player. And I would not be surprised to see him in the category of one of the top blockers in the U.S. within the next couple of years. So we're definitely lucky to have him on here today and appreciate you guys tuning in. We will see you guys next
0: week.